This is the Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and indoor lacrosse. Each week, we'll cover the hottest storylines and talk to the biggest names in the sport. Now, let's talk some lacrosse. All right, lacrosse fans, you heard the lady. It's time for Lax Class. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday afternoon right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network as we bring you episode number 40. We've hit the 47 of Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for joining us. we got a great show for you coming up. We'll have our weekly report cards. We'll play another round of Who You Got. We'll get you some news and notes as well. And two great guests coming up as it's Minto Cup 2019 week. It has begun. It gets going on Friday. I can't wait. I'm going to be calling it. I'm going to MC the Minto Cup press conference on Thursday. So this week here on Lacrosse Classified, and most likely, well, I'm just going to go out and say it right now, Evan. Next week as well, the heavy focus will be on the Minto Cup, the Junior A Championship from the Langley Event Center beginning on Friday. So we're going to talk to two of the four coaches who will be, well, there'll be more coaches, but two of the four head coaches that will be competing at Minto Cup from the Orangeville Northmen and assistant coach for the Toronto Rock as well. The Honey Badger, Brucey Codd, will make his first appearance on Lacrosse Classified. And then we will go over to Fantasy Island and the Junior Shamrocks head coach, Terry Dennett, will join us here on Lacrosse Classified as well. With all that being said, let me bring in my cohort, my partner, my confidant. It's my friend Evan Sheminar back on the podcast. Welcome back. Episode 40, Evan. Where has the time flown? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, never expected to go. Well, of course, I didn't expect to go this summer. But mm. yeah, no. It, you know, it, it's it's expanding my ability to look at these other leagues during the summer, which I really didn't have a chance to in the past. So it's been an interesting run during the summer here. Yeah, and I think uh, you could probably say the same for a lot of our listeners as well. I've had a couple of comments come in through social media uh, messages and what have you about people saying, I really had no idea about the WLA or Junior A Lacrosse or Major Series Lacrosse. And once they find out that, you know, these are all the, the best players on the planet playing here in the summer leagues in Canada, they they get turned on to it, and, and it's great to hear. It's uh, I think it's uh, an avenue that more fans of the National Lacrosse League need to explore a little bit, get to know these teams and these leagues, and hopefully uh, we can help you out with that a little bit here on Lacrosse Classified and Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League as well. We'll talk to, I'm hoping to get Andrew McBride and, and most likely Patrick Coyle on the program next week. So give you a little tease there. That's who we're thinking. We want to talk to the head boys in charge uh, as we head into Minto Cup here, but... Um, as we always do, Evan, uh, well, let's talk about your weekend. How was your weekend before you, uh, we get started here? Well, it's good to have a week off. Uh, the spring was actually, is my busy time at work. So nice to get away, get out to Banff. Right. You know. Yeah. Holidays. How did that go? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, uh, other than an issue with the hotel, but no, I mean, the, uh, the kids seemed to entertain themselves, although they got bored when they played the podcast they're not mm. quite old enough to understand it yet i don't right, think right, but yeah. um so, yeah, so what you're saying is our, our, our 12 year olds aren't our demographic that we're targeting here on last class 
Well, of course, they're talking nine-year-olds. Oh, here, okay. So. So, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, I did see you post up a picture on Facebook, and I had to call you out. So they had a bunch of phone addicts uh, at the hotel already, and I had to say, well, well, how did you take that picture and, and post okay. it? So, uh, Ex- explanation there is, is that I actually didn't have my phone on until I saw this. So I had to pick the phone up mm, for mm, all of five seconds, mm-hmm. take the photo, and <laughs> literally po- tag both my stepson and my wife to right. say, you know, like, what's going on here? Are we having a vacation or are we on our phones all the time? It's the world we're living in nowadays, Evan. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to get away with it. Uh, my daughter just turned out. Happy birthday to my daughter, Maya. Uh, it's actually her birthday today um, as we record here on a Monday. So I, she's she's not li- she's 10. She's not listening to the podcast either, Evan, but uh, I'm going to wish her a happy birthday. Anyways, I'm, I'm pretty fired up here on a Monday. It was way in day as well and uh reached my my goal total for the week evan 71 pounds down and another uh 29 and a bit to go yeah one, one of the one of the guys in the group chat he, he put it perfectly you lost the challenger <laughs> <laughs> well that's not uh brad he came back he said no i'm i'm picking up what jumbo's putting down i guess uh he's he's been living it up this summer and uh putting the beers back and and who knows what else uh, he's been in between houses and stuff so he said he's put on a few i've taken off a few and uh the plan is to to keep going well, probably for the rest of my life. I, I want to really make this kind of a lifestyle and uh, see where it takes me. So anyways, uh, I'm I'm fired up here on a Monday, and it's time to get into our Stampede Tech weekly. I'm going to try and stay calm this week, Evan. I, I got a little out of control last week. Um, I think we'll we'll start with F and work to no. A this week. That way, well, should we go through the standings first? Let's get let's get that in there. No, first. no, 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 no. We'll do that. We'll do that later. I know you're excited, <laughs> uh, but let's do that. Thank to, you, Let's let's do that in in the fourth quarter as we normally do. We'll update the fans of the standings. We'll give away a hat. Uh, and we'll have five new games to choose from as well. But this is Stampede Tech's weekly report cards. You know by now they're more than just a boot store. They carry a wide range of hats. Keep you protected from the sun, the rain, the uh, camping, fishing, hiking, you name it. Anything you do outdoors, Stampede Tech and Western Wear will have a hat for you. They ship Canada-wide. Located in Cloverdale, stampede.ca. Shop online. It's still shopping local. Uh, we're going to give away a hat and we're going to put another hat up for grabs here this week coming up later in who you got. Uh, but now it's report cards and, and, and for me, Evan, let's, let's start with F just so I can keep my blood pressure down here and, and work up to the good stuff. I don't want to get riled up and, and go A to F, uh, and then just lose my mind. So let's, uh, let's start with F and, and I'll let you take this one cause you understand it a little bit more than I do. Um, and, and the U19s, congrats to Team USA, who won the gold medal at the U19 Women's uh, Field Across Championships in Peterborough. Canada took home a silver. Congratulations to them as well. But the unfortunate thing here at the U19s this time around was Puerto Rico, who was undefeated through the round robin and I think uh, a quarterfinal game as well, but unable to compete for any medals because they're not in full standing with world lacrosse and if you're not familiar world lacrosse is now world lacrosse they came from fil they've changed their branding it's world lacrosse now but puerto rico who was a very strong team you sandbagged me last week by the way um 
They Just weren't allowed. They you. weren't allowed to compete for medals here because they don't have full status standing with World Lacrosse yet. Explain this to me. I don't like it, but I, I kind of get it. But I still don't like it. Yeah, I used to be a, a national rep, of course, when back when even going further back, the ILF before it was even the FIL. So when you join the FIL or now it's World Lacrosse. You come in as an associate member, and it's kind of a test period. See where you're at, see how the game's developing before you finally become a full fledged member. There is this archaic rule. I don't know why it's there. Um, it, this goes back even before my days that an associate member cannot compete for a medal. So, what happens is Puerto Rico, you know, they beat the Iroquois. Mm-hmm. They. They even went, so then they go into this round of 16. They win the round of 16 game against Japan, I believe it was. And now it gets to the quarterfinals, and they're bumped back into the 9 to 16 playoff. Against teams that they're going to smoke. They're going to smoke those teams. Yeah, and and they finished the entire tournament undefeated. They even beat the Iroquois a second time in the ninth place game. But. There, there was a realistic chance that this team could have even made the semifinal. I think they probably could have. Mm-hmm. Because of this weird rule, they got to come back. Now, good on Puerto Rico. They went on on social one media. One more time for said, me, Evan. Puerto Rico. One Puerto more Rico. Thank you. So, But they went on social media and they said, look, we understood this coming in. We accept our fate, what have you. But it didn't lead to too many fans still sounding off about it that you know this rule's got to be changed if you're in the tournament you're in the tournament yeah and you should have the same shot of winning the world titles everybody else i agree i agree i like i said i kind of get it but i don't like it and i'm gonna give a soft f out here evan it's a soft f this week to world lacrosse uh please change that rule and, and allow teams to to Decide their own fate at a world championships. Uh, it's, I think, a very old rule, and it's time to have a look at it, and it's high time to change it as well. So soft F going out to uh, World Lacrosse this week. D here, Evan, I got a couple. I'm going to uh, kind of throw a bit of a curveball at you here. I know I sent you these, but stay with me. I'm just, I think I'm going to flip them a little bit here. I added in late last night as I was – Trying to watch both the MSL semifinal games that were being played at the same time of the evening on the same night. And this isn't the first time that they've done this. And I get the geography, where Peterborough is located, where is Six Nations or Oakville located. The same fan isn't doesn't have a dilemma on which game they can attend or want to go to because you're just choosing one or the other. But for a casual fan or a hardcore fan like myself that wants to watch both webcasts or both series, and I'm trying to watch one eyeball on one and one on the other, I can't for the life of me understand why these four teams or these two series cannot stagger their game nights. So you play one on a Tuesday, the other on a Wednesday, the next one on a Thursday. They were going both on Monday, both on Wednesday, both on... What is going on? Why are you doing this? And and you're limiting your audience 
that is allowed to watch your games because you're playing at the not only on the same night, but the same time. So MSL it, it, is getting a D here for scheduling their yeah, games it, on the same night at the same time. It just doesn't time. make sense. No. No, because um, yeah, WLA had it perfectly scheduled one game a night the entire way through. Exactly. And, and when it came to, you know, around 7 o'clock Pacific time, you knew you were going to get to watch a game until the series were decided. So this makes zero sense. And I'm trying to think, you know, where's there an arena availability issue? Because I don't see any, right? I mean, most, are, most the things are done by now. Their own arena. Yeah. I mean, maybe Six Nations had a senior B playoff, or sorry, a senior B playoff at sure. best. But I mean, we're like deep into the this, summer. This shouldn't be happening. No, if you're I, trying to grow your audience, you should have each game have its own night, have everybody following it. Because the thing is, even if I'm a fan in Peterborough, I might want to watch the other. Oh, well, sure you do. Absolutely, you do, and and again, I'm, I'd be willing to give it a pass here if it if it happened on one night, but they played like three games on the same night and at the same time makes absolutely no sense. MSL schedule maker, you're getting a D this week here on Lax Class. I want to split the D, and I'm probably going to split the C and the B. We might have to start giving out pluses and minuses here, Evan, because we got a lot of things to get through. But the other one I wanted to touch on was the the rule book situation in the world of lacrosse. And I could I could literally go off for like a half an hour on this. But again, I want to mention the fact like watching I have people messaging me going, hey, was that was that goal in the crease talking about Patrick O'Meara's goal back in game two of uh of the of the series. And I said, you know what? I said his foot was not down in the crease, but it had broken the cylinder, the plane of the cylinder. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, the rules in Canadian lacrosse are different than the National Lacrosse League if you break the plane. So imagine it's – and then I'm explaining the crease rule between the WLA and the National Lacrosse League to a fan, like a well-experienced fan of both leagues as well. And he didn't know. So you're telling me when a new fan – comes to watch and they go watch a national lacrosse league game and then they go watch a summer league game and then they go watch a junior game and then they go over to Ontario and they watch another game over there and they got different rules in Ontario than they do in Calgary and Saskatchewan and junior is different than senior and senior is different than the NLL and senior B has its own little thing it is absolutely insane that all these leagues have different rule books get together folks lacrosse is the most fracture I don't even know what I'm getting so excited they're so fragmented the different organizations and leagues and levels get on this have a summit get on the same page adopt a unified rule book so when a fan comes to watch the game they're not asking what how come this is different than that it's not that difficult pick a set of rules and go with yeah. it and i get it maybe you have to tweak them for minor the size of the nets and the cross checking off the ball and all the rest but when you get into senior lacrosse there should be no discrepancy between the rule book you unify it all i don't know if it's cla or whether you take the nll rule book and say this is it or whatever but to have that many different set of rule books for the same sport is crazy you get a d the rule yeah. books are getting yeah. a d no, absolutely, and I, th- I think we've touched on this about five, six months ago, but 
you know, I'll take it from a Saskatchewan perspective here, right? You've got a relatively young fan base who took a couple of years just to get used to all the nuances of the NLL rulebook. Now bring them to a SWAT game, right? And they're looking at me like, wasn't that over and back? Nope. No. Well, how come that one got called? Well, they're shorthanded. And it's, like, you know, trying to explain this. There's very little, when you look at the rule differences between uh, the, the CLA and the NLL, there's very little that I honestly like on the CLA side. Maybe the four on four on coincidentals. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, but, but the size of the goal stick's got to go. The, the Eight-second roll, the back over roll, get, the crease yeah. roll. There's a ton of them, Evan, and it's even worse when you're trying to introduce a new fan to the game. Like, you know, not a lot of Rush fans, as we'll use them as an example, have not only have they not seen pro lacrosse in their entire lives, but then they go watch summer lacrosse, like SWAT, like you say, and it's and it's almost like they're watching a completely new sport with different rules. So it's it's even more difficult for those guys. And and I think you're right. I think the NLL, as far as their rules go, they're very progressive. They like to try new things from time to time. But they're not afraid to change a rule to make the game better, where it seems like it takes eight years for it to change in summer lacrosse because it has to go through all these channels for it to get past. The shot clock on when you're shorthanded. Yeah. How long that take? Like, yeah, <laughs> probably 20 years too long, but it happened finally. So, I, again, I, I don't know you know, how you how you make it all happen, whether you have to get the commissioner of each league, junior, senior, NLL, CLA president in there. I don't know. But get it together, get a unified rule book so you can help your fans know the game and grow this sport because right now people can't understand what's happening because every single league has a different rule book, and it's it's crazy. So you got a D. Um, I don't know who specifically gets it, but rule books, rule books, different rule books are getting a D. Let's move on to B here, Evan, because uh, the B is just – Awesome. Uh, quick shout out. I'll give a quick B. I'm going to give a B minus. Um, he doesn't. He deserves more than B minus. Chris Evans, who has been shooting content for the Western Lacrosse Association all summer long, he kind of pumps out these these videos, these highlight videos post game. They are absolutely fantastic. These are what the kids want to see these days, Evan. The stuff that Chris Evans is putting out. Find oh, him yeah. on Twitter. What is it? Chris underscore Evans, I think, is his Twitter handle. Uh, maybe a 21 I, I, I in went there. Through the, I went through the Salmon Bellies Twitter uh, and the one video, the one games there. Absolutely phenomenal because when you have your webcasting for the summer leagues, it's one stationary camera in the middle of the, of the of the floor you don't get those close-in angles like you do with the NLL. He actually is in there with these angles, and the you know the Dane Doby shot mm-hmm. with two seconds left. The you know the fact that it bounces two feet after he leaves his stick. You don't skipper. see that. You won't see that on the main webcast. He's no, got it. No, it's the old skipper. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And and then he like syncs up the music that he picks with the highlights. Fantastic stuff uh, by Chris Evans. I hope he never leaves the league. Uh, just producing fabulous content. So you're getting a B minus. You probably deserve a B plus, but you're getting a B minus. The B is going now, Evan. This. This is one of the – like, this probably on any other week is getting an A. But 
there's such a good A this week that we can't give out the A to this, but this goes out to the Aguasasne Indians and the Six Nations Rebels. If you haven't seen this, it's it, the video has gone viral. It is absolutely fantastic. Now, I, I got in touch with the guy that actually posted this video. Um, his name is Lane Smith, and, and I just wanted to get some background on it. Instead of me fumbling around trying to explain it all, I'm just going to read what he sent me uh, over Facebook Messenger. So bear with me here for a second. So Lane goes on to say, The video was a smoke dance between Gutch Salinas of the Six Nations Rebels and Brett Logan of the Aguasasne Indians in the Ontario Junior B Finals as its two Native American teams left to battle it out. Every home game, the Rebels have smoke dancers come out and perform before the game starts. Both teams are familiar with the dance as it is an Iroquois dance. It's not uncommon for it to happen for two teams to dance against each other, but it was beautiful and quite electrifying. You could feel the energy in the building. You could say it was the war before the game started. There is history between Aquasosne and Six Nations, as in 2012, the Rebels and Aquasosne faced off in the finals where the Rebels defeated them. The Rebels hosted the Founders' Cup that year, meeting Aquasosne in the finals and beating them. In 2015, the Rebels and the Indians met in the Ontario finals, but that time the Indians went on to win the series, and they went on to win the Founders' Cup. So here we are in 2019 meeting again. They do this dance before every Rebels game to pump up the team and intimidate the opposing team. It's like a war dance that shows it's time to go to battle. So to Gutch and and Brett, who joined the Smoke Dancers and just put on amazing display of Smoke Dancing. And if you haven't seen this, you really got to go check it out. Like it gives you the absolute chills. And this is happening on Six Nations before this game starts and the crowd is just going nuts. Like, unreal atmosphere and one of the coolest things I've ever seen happen before yeah. a lacrosse game. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen it, equate it to the Haka before mm-hmm. a New Zealand Great. sporting match, right? When I got the post, it, all it said was unreal and I see a player sprinting out, and I'm like, oh, God. Like, after the summer we had, I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen now? <laughs> and then I see this, I'm like, thank goodness, right? We've had a summer full of, you know, just absolute tragic events, to be frankly honest, in lacrosse world. To see this, I want to see more videos like this, please, yeah. that would just showcase the sport. It was absolutely amazing to watch. Yeah, and these two players that were doing the dancing were absolutely brilliant at it and and apparently like that you can kind of put your own flair on it a little bit and and the way they were ducking their heads and spinning with their arms out it all kind of signified their individualism when they were doing the smoke dance and uh it's one of the more aggressive dances that the indigenous do and it was just like i i don't think i've I've never seen anything like it really it was it was just amazing to watch so uh to gutch and to brett and to six nations and aguasasne um, I'd love to give you an A this week, but you're getting... I'm going to give you a B+. Plus. Uh, it, it's just below the A, but fantastic stuff, guys. And and good luck at Founders. Uh, Six Nations winning that, Evan? Or was it... Yeah, Six Nations pulled off the reverse sweep. So they were down... Down, down two and swept okay. the other way. So there you go. Uh, Six Nations Senior B, Six Nations Junior B, and quite possibly Six Nations Senior A, all heading to the Canadian Championships uh, this year. There, I think it was 20, 
14 when all five had a chance to win. I think it was just the Senior B team that came up short that year. Six Nations won the uh, the Minto, the Man, the Founders, something else as well. It was a, a crazy year, and, and they got a chance to represent here again. Uh, moving along to our A letter grade, and if you thought that wasn't cool, check this out, Evan. Um, back to the U19s in Peterborough. Team Israel watching a game that involved Team Kenya and watching the Kenyans slip and slide all over the field there in Peterborough after the game presented them with brand new cleats out of the box for Team Kenya for the rest of the tournament. I mean, it just it had all the feels, Evan. <laughs> like if you if you didn't get a little emotional watching this, I don't know if you have a pulse, but Team Israel giving footwear to Team Kenya to help them compete at the U19s. This is what growing the game and the sport of lacrosse, and I mean, this signifies it all. Team Kenya at the U19s was very much like Team Uganda was a couple of world championships ago, uh, and a lot of people reaching out to help them because this wasn't easy for them to just get to the world championships, let alone afford everything that was there. And they literally didn't even have proper footwear to start the tournament, uh, and somebody was helping them out there. But on this artificial turf, it's a little more difficult. And good, it was the parents of the Israeli players that went and got this footwear. Phenomenal job. Uh, you know, we talk about growing the game. There's no better way to grow the game than that. Couldn't agree more. Team Israel, you get the A this week. Those are Stampede Tack weekly report cards. Um, we got through that, Evan. I'm not I'm not too riled up after our F and R D this week. So uh that's that's a good thing. Well, if you want something to cheer you up, check your phone right now. Graham Perrell just posted a photo of his uh, cowboy hat win. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Congratulations to Graham. We'll announce our new winner of the cowboy hat from Stampede Tack a little later on in the program. But right now, we got to get to break because we're going to the realville. Orangeville, to talk to the head coach of the Hornheads. It's Bruce Codd coming up on the other side right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Laxell Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Mike Poulin, goaltender for the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Uh, thanks goes out to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Sean Ashworth in the game. Sean Ashworth's son, by the way, Carter, I believe, He's won the Hayek Tournament. He's won the Wingrove Tournament. He's won the Provincials in British Columbia. And now a member of Team BC going for gold at Nationals. Uh, big medal haul for young Carter Ashworth. Uh, son of the boss there at Associated Labels and Packaging. You can find them at Associated-Labels.com or their social media, Associated LP, as in Labels and Packaging. They're the best. Labels, packages, you need them, find them at associated-labels.com. 
com. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you here on Lax Class and now joined by the assistant coach of the Toronto Rock and the head coach of the Ontario champion Orangeville Northmen, the Dark Empire, led by Bruce Codd on the program. Bruce, thanks for doing this. Hey, my pleasure. Our pleasure, man. Uh, congratulations, I guess, uh, first goes out to you and your Northmen. Uh, it wasn't easy, but but you guys got it done back in the Minto Cup. That's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously, we're excited about uh, what, what lies ahead. But as as you mentioned, it was uh, it was a tough road to get to get to uh, the Minto Cup. Rochester Nighthawks just put a lot of faith in your goaltender, Ryland Hartley, picking him up in the expansion draft. You know, this is a guy we talked about a potential generational goaltender. Simple question: How good is he? Oh, I think he's pretty good. I mean, obviously, I've been fortunate enough to be around around Ryland for uh, you know three out of his five junior years, and uh, I've just noticed uh, a real progression. You know, every year, um, you know, he's one of those guys that's really you know at the start of the year he had a little bit of an injury. We weren't sure if he was going to be ready. And he just keeps working, and he works so hard at it, and I think that's part of the reason why he's had some success. But uh, to answer your question, I think he's pretty pretty solid. What is it about goaltending and Orangeville, Bruce? You look at the list of guys, Dylan Ward, Evan Kirk, Brandon Miller, Nick Rose, the list goes on. What is it about Orangeville and goaltenders that you just guys keep cranking them out? Like, not only good goaltenders, but great goaltenders. Yeah, I wish I had an answer because I would uh, make sure every kid in Orangeville, uh, you know, drank a little bit of that serum. But you know, I think there's a couple things. I mean, obviously, you know, all those guys that you mentioned, you'll you'll, you'll pop into the arena and uh, on any given night, and there's a chance that you're going to see one of those guys out there working with the young goaltenders. So I think it's been something that over time has been kind of passed down. And you know, I think uh, a lot of times, you know, when you look at some of our different teams in minor across this year, you had some of those names coaching and. So I think there's, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, willing to, to give back and put an emphasis on goaltending. Obviously, it's a big part of the game. So I think as an organization, you know, top to bottom, we, you know, try and give the every team the, those resources. But, you know, I just think it's just become one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, other other kids look up and they say, oh, this guy's from Orangeville, that guy's from Orangeville. Maybe I want to be like them, you know what I mean? So I think there's, there's something to be said about that too. But, you know, I don't know if I have a specific answer, but I think that those are some of the things that obviously help. A very exciting uh, Ontario final. Somebody put it out there on Twitter that you two played more periods in overtime than the BC played in the entire final. <laughs> Has the heart calmed down at all? Because this had to have been quite the heart attack going through, especially one triple or double or triple overtime game there. Yeah, no, there's no doubt there was some, uh, you know, some really good battles. Um, uh, you know, three out of the five games were overtime. The other one was decided by one goal. So, yeah, it was a little bit nerve-wracking at times, but I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it was great lacrosse, you know, as somebody that's a fan of the game, you know, I would have been happy to throw my 10 or $15 down at the gate uh, to watch that that series because it was very tight, and, uh, um, you know, I think that, that obviously uh, is good for the game in, in, the, in, in the bigger scheme of things, but also I think it was good for us to play in, you know, a little bit of that pressure cooker too, so. Well, I was just—I was just going to mention that Bruce, as we speak with Bruce Cod, head head coach of the Orangeville Northmen. That do you think there's something to be said about being battle tested by the time that you reach the Minto Cup? I know you got to go through extra rounds and it's extra tax on the body, and you have more chance to pick up injuries and all the rest of it. But on the flip side of things, 
these guys come in really mentally prepared and, and probably in the best shape of their life and, and really focused and ready to go by the time they get through that grind that is the Ontario playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's you know, there's, there's an argument for both. You know, obviously, you know, being, being rested is certainly something that's a benefit. I think if our series had gone seven games and we played two more overtimes, I don't know if I would feel as good about it. The fact that we were able to finish it in five, I think, does – you know, allowed, allowed us to get some more rest, you know what I mean? So that would have made a big difference. But there is something to be said, I think, also about, you know, playing some, some tough games and, and being in that, you know, in that environment where, you know, everything is magnified, right? I think that does does give you some uh, some confidence or some, you know, just some experience, you know, and you live in that. So, um, yeah, I think it helps, but also, you know, it could have it could have worked the other way, like I said, if, you know, if you did get banged up and play two more games of, uh, of, of overtime, you know, maybe I don't think it's as uh, as big of an advantage as maybe we would think as it is now. You headed out west now to Langley for the Minto Cup. Um, two tough teams out west, of course, a decade of dominance with Coquitlam, a lot of experienced players, Victoria. You can't overlook uh, Okotoks. You've had a chance probably to watch some video by now. What do you think you need to do uh, well to uh, to beat those other teams? Well, I mean, I think, you know, it, it comes down to, uh, at this level, ultimately hard work. I mean, I'm just such a big proponent. If you're not willing to work, you're not going to you're not gonna win, no matter how talented you are. So I think we're going to start right with that. You know, we're going to have to work extremely hard. Um, you know, discipline is a big one. You know, at this, at this stage, there's probably not a whole lot separating the teams. You know, so if you're undisciplined, um, you know, whether that's taking penalties or undisciplined in some of your decisions, you know, both on and off the floor. You know, those that, that's something that could uh, obviously come back to bite you in a big way. So I think, you know, our hard work, our discipline, and then obviously, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play well too, and have you know key key efforts from from key people, at, at, you know, along the way, right? So those are probably uh, you know it's kind of a vanilla answer maybe, but you know I think it also you know there's a lot of stock to be put in in those things I mentioned. Speaking with Bruce Codd here on Lax Class, we were talking about goaltenders, and I didn't even mention the kid that plays for Victoria who's going to be in the Mento Cup. He was named MVP of the league, and, and Cam Dungerley who's uh, also an Orangeville product, uh, which I'm sure you know quite well. Um, for fans out here in the West and maybe Alberta, Bruce, uh, we don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of Junior A lacrosse in Ontario. I think you guys kind of like it that way. But uh, maybe a spotlight, a couple of guys up front, maybe a couple of guys on your back end that fans can get excited about watching in black and silver. Uh, you know, up front, there's there's a few guys that have you know had some really you know really uh, great years for us. You know, starting with uh, uh, Kyle Waters finished second in the in the OLA in scoring. You know, a big guy, um, Dylan Watson. I think he forty some odd goals uh, for us in the regular season, and then a, and then a dozen or so more uh, in in the playoffs. Um, you know, John Donville was a guy we picked up who's, you know, played, uh, in the Minnow cup, uh, two years ago for Mimico, uh, was just absolutely sensational for us in the, in the playoffs. Uh, those would probably be the big three up front. That would be the obvious choices. Um, defensively, you know, uh, our captain, Zach Deacon is just a, uh, a guy who just, you know, works and works and works, um, really good, uh, you know, defensively, but also good at getting the ball up the floor. Mike McCannell, almost a, a carbon copy of what I just said about. Zach Deacon, and then uh, you know Rylan Hartley is another guy that you know that we've already talked about, but you know something that I think that people are going to enjoy watching his game. Talking about your Toronto Rock, uh, you guys have made the biggest splash so far in free agency. You got Dan Dawson, you got uh, Brock recently here. Obviously, two veterans going to help you out with some experience. Talk to us about what 
what holes you were hoping to fill with, with these two particular players? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that we identified, you know, last year is that we wanted to be a little bit bigger up front, um, especially on our right side, um, you know, with Rob Elliott, Tom Shriver, and our street Dan Littner as our three guys every night. It was the other night I think that we, you know, we maybe ran up against, a, you know, a big athletic group. You know, George is one that comes to my mind that, in Buffalo. But, you know, we struggled at, at different points to get the net. So I think we wanted to be a little bit bigger. So hence Dan Dawson was there. So uh, Jamie did a really good job of targeting him. Um, and, you know, and addressing that need, you know, and I still think that, you know, we could use Challen up there a little bit as well, but, uh, you know, that was one of our big needs. And then obviously, you know, we wanted some more defensive depth. I think we were pretty sound there in that department, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, you know, the adage, the old adage always usually wins, you know, defense wins championships, right? So uh, I certainly saw that again last year with Calgary, right? So um, I think, you know, you can never be too uh too flush at the back end so uh you know th- those those are probably why those you know those two guys uh you know we, we, we did put a lot of eggs in the basket i, I thought you would have said loose balls when games bruce cut i thought you would have said loose <laughs> balls well uh you know obviously jake i do get excited about that stuff but uh <laughs> one of the best uh, one of the too, best there's not too many egg and spooners out in the in the nll anymore you know what i mean there's, everybody's a, a big strong athlete and if you're not you know, your, your chances are you're struggling, right? Yeah, I'm so. going gonna, gonna to steal Evan's question here just because we're going back and forth. But I had a bit of a debate with uh, with one of my, my peers out here in BC about late-round picks in the National Lacrosse League. You're, you got the draft coming up here with your Toronto Rock, but you yourself, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, a fifth-round pick? It was actually uh, a ninth-round pick. Myself and Brandon Miller were picked <laughs> about three, three picks apart. They didn't even have the ninth round anymore, probably for good reason. No, but, they don't, uh, but hey. That just goes to show, it proves my point, late round picks matter. You can agree with me on that. Oh, 100%. I think uh, you see it every year. You know, obviously guys like, uh, you know, Ryan Dilks was a fifth rounder. Um, uh, I look at Jordan Gillis a couple years ago, I think he was a sixth rounder. Derek Downs last year. There's always guys that, you know, kind of seem to slip through the cracks for whatever reason that end up, you know, having, uh, you know, you know, if, if, if nothing, a serviceable career. But I think there's some guys that, you know, I have great careers that, and, and from the later rounds as well. Amen to that, uh, Brucey. Hey, we're short on time. We're going to let you go here. I know uh, things didn't go so well for me back in 1993 there in Orangeville, but uh, they did go well in 2010 in Coquitlam and again in 2016. Let's see what happens here in 2019 against those Coquitlam Adnacks, man. Yeah, I think it's always it's always great when we get together. So I'm looking forward to you me, know me to, as well. To battle. Me as well. We'll see you at the press conference on Thursday. Thanks for your time, guys. Thank you for your time. That was Bruce Codd, assistant coach with the Toronto Rock, head boss for the Orangeville Northmen. They're coming west and trying to claim Lord Minto once again. They've done it a few times, Evan. The Orangeville Northmen always in the mix in Ontario. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those strong programs that, you know, teams hate to play it. He actually played on five teams in his opening five years in the NLL. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Suitcase, Bruce. All right, uh, let's get to break, Evan. We got the head coach of the Victoria Junior A Shamrocks coming up next. It's Terry Dennett on the other side. Keep it right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. 
PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Graham Hoffick of the Halifax Thunderbirds and the Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class, ladies and gentlemen. Lacrosse fans alike, you just heard it right there from our good friends at Pure Vita Labs. Anything else would be on Sportsmanlike. Informed choice, certified products, all natural, no artificial flavors or colors or anything like that. Uh, They are the best supplements on the market. Tons of lacrosse players on them. They're branching out into other sports as well. You'll see them around the rinks advertising, and they are a proud sponsor here of Lacrosse Classified. We're happy to have them. Find them at pvl.com or at Pure Vital Labs. Got some cool new recipes for some foods, muffins and pancakes, all sorts of stuff going on at PVL. Check them out. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer back with you and now joined by another one of the coaches who will be at Minto Cup 2019 in just a matter of days. He had to do it in a seven-game thrilling series against the New Westminster Junior Sandbellies. They got it done. It's Terry Dennett of the Victoria Junior A Shamrocks. Terry, thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me. Our pleasure, man. Uh... Tell me, walk me back through that that series against New West. I mean, that was about as close and as evenly matched I've seen two teams come together. It goes the distance. You guys get it done on your home floor, but walk me through that thing because it was a roller coaster ride from from start to finish. Yeah, it totally was. Um, they took game one, we took game two, and then it just went from there. Like I thought both goaltenders played outstanding. Um, their offense just works so hard all the time and they have a great transition game. So just, I thought that's really it. Like our guys came together at the right time and got some lucky bounces and we're there. So there you go. Playing a long series like that is, is that a benefit for character building? You know, when you're going to be facing a tougher competition, a tight, uh, you know, a tight time frame, or does it take its toll on the bodies, um, you know, and end up hurting you in the end? I think both, like, uh, you know, our roster, we're pretty young. Like we have, I said it in the last interview I did, I have, I think eight kids that graduated from high school this year. Well, six graduated this year and two will graduate next year. And I've coached junior A for what, three or four years. Now I've never coached a kid who graduated from high school. They've always been up older. So I think getting that experience of the seven games is great, but yeah, it takes its toll. Like, especially how we have to play. We play game after game every weekend. So, yeah, I think it just, on both teams, I think they were just as beat up as we were. Yeah, I, I, I maybe speak to that as we speak with Terry Dennett here. Uh, and I wasn't too happy about it. I know a lot of flan- fans weren't as well, Terry, about the fact that the BC final was scheduled for a five-game best of five and then got switched to a best of three once you guys won that series against New West. I get the, the travel. I get the uh, the rest factor of it. What I mean, I, what I have a problem is with is, is switching it after the two teams have been decided in the final. And then uh, another issue i got to kind of take – take up with you here is is and yeah i think you know where i'm going with this terry is that you know dunkerley was was sat for for both games and six or seven of your top players as well 
was this just because of the fact that you went seven or are you worried about these guys getting hurt? Did you not care if you won the BC final? Like I, I, I'm trying to understand the rationale behind doing this. For the three game series thing, that really had nothing to do with me. That's done at a way higher level than I didn't even know until after. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and, and for the player thing, we could talk later about it for sure. Um, but we had our reasons for sure. Um, we obviously would love to win the provincial championship. We didn't go in just to sandbag it by any means, but yeah, for reasons. And after I talked to you about it, no problem. But as of now, I just like to keep those to myself. Cam Dunkley didn't finish game six, seemed to be injured. He played game seven, didn't play the final. Um, maybe give us an update as, as to his health going into the Mental Cup. Um, Cam Dunkley's a warrior. Um, everyone talks about how you become a better lacrosse player, right? And it's Jake knows it's putting in the time. That kid will practice, full practice, every week. So Wednesday nights we practice a little later so no one goes on the floor after us on Wednesday nights. He will take shots until no one will shoot on him anymore, and then he'll hit the bike for another 45 minutes. He's ready to go, 100%. He's excited to play against Orangeville. That's where he's from. Um, he's just a whole different breed of kid. The kid's a great kid. He works really hard. He's where he's at because of his hard work. And, yeah, he'll be ready to go game one for sure. Um, I only got a chance to watch you guys play a, a couple of times this year, Terry, and, and, and I want you to kind of talk about what it is that you think makes your team successful. Is it having a well-balanced offense? Is it transition your strength? Is goaltending your strength? Uh, what, what makes your team successful when you guys are on a roll? I think all of it. Like, obviously, in the New West series, I don't know if you saw any games, Dunkerley came up with some unbelievable saves at the right time. But doing that, our younger guys take excitement in that, and then they start to play. And I think, like, Zach Manns, Austin Madronic, those guys, Brian Robb, Ben Preston, those guys' leadership, like, they're just always steady. You know what I mean? They always come to work. They always work hard. One thing, too, I don't know if you've noticed it, but the younger kids, they seem to be in better shape. They take care of themselves. They work out. They eat properly. <laughs> definitely in better shape. Off, <laughs> definitely in better shape yeah. than, than me and you now, and and probably yeah, definitely, definitely better than when we were in our playing days as well. Like Owen Russell, kid on our team, he was our last draft pick last year, and he made our junior A squad. Not only he just made our junior A squad, he's one of our better defensive guys. And he asked me last year, "What do I need to do? I need to get out your stick, and you need to put on some weight." Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. And that's all he does. And it's hard to turn a kid right. away when when he puts in that when you when you ask him to do something and he does it. It's hard to say okay, like you're on the t- like you can't cut the kid after he does something like that. No, no. And he every time like we're pretty lucky. Like in Victoria, our seniors like Matt Yager is one of our defensive coaches. Josh Fagan is one of our defensive coaches. So they we kind of get to work with those kids all the time. Whatever they tell those guys, those young guys, they do and. They work real hard at it all the time. They're always asking questions. I don't. I don't know if they're just. They don't know. Almost like a puppy, and they just go out and work hard all the time. And it's it's really good. It's infectious in our room too. So now you got to help Jake out a bit here. We were having this debate on our group chat. How do you properly say McCumber? Let me try. Let me let me try. Let me try <laughs> before you tell me. Let me try before you tell me. Okay, you ready? Yep. Deo Sendate. Correct. 100%. Well, I think it's correct. He may say differently, <laughs> but I think it's, that's how I say it. Dale Sinducte. And it's McCumber. McCumber. Okay. Yep. 
There you go, Evan. First time. Yeah. First yeah. time. I've been practicing yeah. uh, on my own. In yeah, my I room. practiced a bit before he came too, just uh, give him the respect. Good player that, now. You know? I mean, this kid is fun to watch play the game of lacrosse. He's like a little Jeff Shatler to me. Like, he's good, good one. Small. Good one. Yeah. 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 He works hard. Like, he just, and he does it all. Like, he, the first game he played against the UFC, first shot he scores. Second shot, he misses off the post, and he gets his own rebound. And not only does he get it, you know how New West goes after loose balls. They send three guys, and he comes out with it. And I'm like, holy smokes. And fairly, I, just fearless, too. Off. I mean, he's not for, – for fans that haven't seen him, he's a very small player. Like, he's very spry. Yeah, he's little. But yeah, absolutely yeah. fearless and just uh, goes 100 yeah. miles an hour at everything he does. Yeah, and he just – he's, again, hard. like Jeff Shotler just works hard, right? Always working hard, working hard, working hard, so – you got this uh, unbelievable, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you got a couple teams that you haven't seen yet. You probably had a chance to view some game tape um, with Orangeville and Okotoks. Yeah, what is it you think you're going to have to do well in the next couple weeks to win the title? Work hard. Like I, I well, I played with Andrew McBride in Calgary. I know his ethic, and I'd assume that's his whole team. We had a couple of guys go up there a couple of years ago, and they work hard period. Like you watch any of their film, their guys are working hard all the time. And that it's hard to play against a team that works so hard. Right. So, and Orangeville is just obviously starting with their goaltenders, probably one of the best around and just built out from there. They got a fabulous defense, great offense, great coaches. We're just going to have to come in at the top of our game and just work harder than they do. Well, it's been since 2008 since the Junior Shamrocks have been in the Minto Cup. Welcome back, Terry Dennett. Nice job getting here, and best of luck going in. Uh, it all gets going on Friday from the Langley Event Center. We'll see you at the presser on Thursday, man. Yeah, hey, thanks for promoting the game we love, right? And keep doing what you guys do. It's awesome to listen to us. I appreciate it. We'll see you around Langley. Oh, you bet, man. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. That was Terry Dennett, head coach of the Victoria Junior A Shamrocks. He'll be at the Langley Event Center. I hope you will as well. Games will be online if you can't, and uh, I'll be calling them along with Sean Springett. Uh, let's get a break in, Evan. News and notes, and of course, it's who you got on the other side here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, it's Corey Small of the Buffalo Bandits and Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. We are back. This is Lax Class. One more quarter to go. Fourth quarter time here on Lax Class. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar. It's now time, Evan. You know it. You love it. So do I. I hope the listeners do as well. It's Stampede Tax. Who you got? And they are your complete source for boots, motorcycle, leathers, and gear. The summer riding season is here. We're into August. Evan, uh, lots of motorcycles out on the road. You need the right stuff when you're cruising on your bike. Cruise out to Cloverdale and get your riding gear from Stampede, Tack, and Western Wear. Evan, uh... Updated standings coming at you here. Uh, let's get into this. You went four and one last week. I went three and two. That means we're no longer in a tie. You are now one game ahead, 20 and 15. I'm 19 <laughs> and 16. Uh, our friend Carly went two and three. She is 16 and 19, and uh, she's made her picks as well. Uh, before we get into the picks, congratulations goes out to one 
Bootstrap20, I think is his Twitter handle. Paul Horn, out of Mission, uh, former photographer for the Bellies, if I recall, way back in the day. Paul Horn, uh, I think, went 3-2 and two last week. He was our best submission. He wins the hat this week. Uh, as, I, as I checked out Grand Pro's photo, uh, when we took a break there, that... Pretty good. Pretty good photo there from, from our friend Graham as well. So uh, congrats to Paul Horn. You win the hat this week. And if you want to win, if you want to win a hat this week, all you have to do is submit your picks. Evan will post them up on Twitter. I'll retweet them. He'll list out the games. You make your selections. You do the best. You win the hat. That simple. Uh, from Stampede Tech and Western Wear. And this week you got a lot more time to submit them because the games are much later in the week than they were in the past. Absolutely, they don't start until Friday, which is great. So you have a you know a few days to to check out the podcast. We won't have a game that's uh, been already played by the time we release the podcast. I I still can't believe I agreed to that. Anyways, um, our first. So since I'm behind by a game here, I mean you're you're still complaining about the women's game. No, no, I'm gonna just. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm, I'm over it. I'm over. Well, I mean, but I'm the only one that actually had the guts to take Puerto yeah, Rico. The guts, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you had a little inside info, is what I think. Uh, I gave you perfect info from the start, saying where they were from. Yeah, but you know, I don't they were listen. Really good. You know, I don't listen to when you're talking anyway. So I, I, you can't, you can't blame me for that. Okay, uh, I'm hosting. I'm a game behind here, Evan, and uh, we're gonna pick three games from the first three days of the Minto Cup because they include the BC Junior Lacrosse League, the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League, and the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. Three games and three leagues we always pick from anyway. So all three of these games will involve all three of these leagues. They take place on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're new to the Minto Cup, the first three days are round robins. Each team plays each other. There's four teams there. Four teams. You play three games. First place gets a bye into the best of five final. Second and third place teams will play a one-game showdown in a semifinal to see who gets into the final. Then they have a day off, and then the final begins. Uh, Fourth place team, too bad, so sad, you're done. You're out of the Minto Cup after three games. So that's how it works. So, the round robin, everybody plays everybody here. Our first game, Minto Cup, day one, Friday, Evan, two games a day. We picked Orangeville. I picked it. I'm just going to say it. I picked it. Orangeville, and they all involve the Northmen here, by the way, So, uh, just so you know that. Orangeville against Victoria. Game one of the Minto Cup. Evan, who you got? I think Orangeville is the team that we've picked the most the entire year. Probably right. By a long shot. Even more than six nations in in the uh, uh, MSL, but well, I did this because I didn't want to leave out Alberta. I didn't want to leave any. Mm-hmm. T- I didn't want to leave any team out, so I just picked Orangeville for every game, and they're playing Coquitlam, Okotoks, Victoria. Evan, who you got? Okay. Tough one, tough one, tough one here. Uh, two great goaltenders. Whatever the over under is on this game, take the under. Um, <laughs> I'll put it at 11 and a uh, half. Give me the Hornheads. They've never disappointed me yet. Hornheads for Evan. Hornheads for Evan. I think I think you're right. I got to go with Orangeville here. I I want to see how Victoria reacts on the big stage. And I think listen, 
Okotoks coming into this Minto Cup. It's their third straight. A lot of kids from last year's Minto Cup team on this team. They get their captain back who was injured in the first game of the Minto Cup last year. You know he's going to be mo- – I'm telling you, your first, we saw it happen in 2016 with the Delta Islanders. They won the BC crown. They beat Coquitlam in the BC final and then got to the Minto Cup and looked like a completely different team because it's a different stage. Okotoks has been there. Victoria hasn't been. And, I, and, and like you just heard Terry Dan say, very, very young team. For the Shan- I want to see how they react out of the gates here against the Ontario champs. So get long-winded, but give me Orangeville, please. Uh, Minto Cup, day two. Orangeville and Coquitlam. A rematch, if you will, Evan, of the 2016 final that saw the Adnacks win in dramatic fashion. Overtime in game five. They meet again. This isn't the first time or the second time or even the third time that these two have met at the Minto Cup. Orangeville and Coquitlam on day two. Evan, who you got? I know who you're picking, so let's, let's put it this way. I'm going to agree with your pick right now. Take the Adnacks. Simply put, to be the best, you got to beat the best. I don't know if anybody can beat the best. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Carly's taking Orangeville, by the way, Evan. Carly's taking Orangeville. Day three, you know I'm taking Coquitlam. I don't even have to say it. Uh, Minto, day three. Sunday, Raiders and Northmen. Okotoks in Orangeville. Evan, who you got? Yeah, I, I, I would love to see Okotoks win and get into the playoffs, maybe even get into the final, get the RML some respect. Do I see it happening in this game? I don't. I got to take the Hornheads again. Um, but let's see. You know, they they just picked up Lane Ruska for this tournament. Mm. They got some amazing goaltending coming. So a goaltender can steal the show in this tournament. Yeah, for me, the, the, the two key games here are going to be Orangeville and Coquitlam. Probably going to decide who gets the first place, and the bye. And then the other big game for me, and, and I say probably because nothing is a for sure thing at Minto Cup, Raiders and Shamrocks. Because I think that game there might very well decide third and fourth and who gets into that semifinal game uh, to see who goes to the final. So those are the kind of the two games I'm spotlighting here. So looking back, I probably should have picked – the Raiders and Shamrocks is one of our games here, Evan, but I didn't. Uh, and I can't go back now because that's just way too much editing. So let's move along. MSL lacrosse, playoff lacrosse. We know the Peterborough Lakers have punched their ticket into the MSL final. We don't know yet as they'll play game six here tonight as we record on a Monday. They'll play game six tonight, potentially game seven on Wednesday. So we will look at maybe like a Saturday start here. For the MSL final. And we'll pick Peterborough against the winner. So either Oakville or Six Nations. You get whoever gets through. is that So you're you're picking the winner of that series against Peterborough. Is what we're going to do here, Evan. On a Saturday night to start the MSL final. Who you got? Peterborough's got a lot of advantages here. They're at home. They just swept Brampton. They've got two goaltenders. Neither one's ever going to be tired. 
you got to take the Lakers. Yeah, pretty simple pick here. Um, I would have liked to pick Game 7 on a Wednesday if we knew. I think Oakville may force a Game 7 here, but um, I, you can't you can't do it. You can't do it because you just don't know. So I'm going to take Peterborough anyway because I probably would have taken Peterborough no matter who wins that other series in Game 1 on their home floor, two-time defending champs, all the things. It's the Peterborough Lakers for me in Game 1 of the MSL Final, no matter who they put. WA Finals get going on Friday, August the 16th from the Q Center there in Victoria. Berard's getting past the Bellies in six games. Shamrock's sweeping the Timbermen in four. They finished first in the league, did the Shamrocks, so they host Game 1. Berard's and Shamrock's from the Q. Evan, who you got? This is the toughest one of the week. Um, you know, listening to Jim Els, a longtime Rocks fan, he's actually not confident. Used car auto their... center there over there in Victoria. Yeah. Yeah, he is not confident in them winning this series. And I guess it comes down to goaltending at the end of the day. Um, but it's on the island. That's the difference. Mm. And, rested Shamrocks. And, rested and, Shamrocks. Yeah, they got rest. I'm taking the Shamrocks just because I can't find a way to justify taking the visiting team here. Mm. Shamrocks for Evan. Shamrocks. Shamrock writing it down. Shamrocks. Okay, it's in ink, Kevin. You've made the pick. Uh, I'm taking the Berards here, and, and I will justify it. I think Frank Chiliano, after that Game 6 performance, is absolutely in the zone right now. Uh, the Brewers have seemingly gotten better and better as that series had gone along. Uh, their offense... I, they dressed a lineup there in Game 6. They didn't have Ben McIntosh, and I've never taken Benny Mack out of the lineup uh, voluntarily, but... They had Mallory back up front. They played Mitch McDole. DJ Sorry got back in that lineup. It was a very blue-collar lineup, as I like to call it there, for the Berards uh, because they didn't have all their stars. No Dan Taylor in that game. They just, I don't know, there's something about when they dress their blue-collar lineup, I think they're a better team. Whatever that mix is, if you're staying with me here, I don't know what kind of lineup they're going to dress in Victoria, but I think the Berards figured it out in that game six. They'll take that into game one of the WLA Finals, steal a big road win against the Shamrocks. So give me the birds in game one. All right, picks are in, Evan. Uh, We're both taking Orangeville to beat Victoria. We're both taking Coquitlam to beat Orangeville on day two. We're both taking Orangeville to beat Okotoks on day three. We have Peterborough beating whoever makes it into the MSL final between Oakville and Six Nations. You have the Shamrocks. I have the Berards. Once again, just one differentiating pick. I'm one behind as we move in to the week. Get your picks in. Evan will post it up. Make your picks. Win a cowboy hat. Congratulations to Paul Horn winning last week. All right, there is who you got. Uh, News and notes is how we wrap up the podcast each week, Evan. So let's get into that. Uh, We haven't really touched on the WLA awards. Uh, Congrats goes out to Graham Hosick, uh, Defender of the Year, Shiliano, Goaltender, Robert Church, MVP, 
Pete Tellis, Coach of the Year, and Chris Bushy is your Rookie of the Year. You got any complaints with any of those guys? I don't. Um, I, I mean, there was some talk about does Robert Church, should Robert Church be the MVP on a team that didn't make the playoffs? But mm. that he was just that valuable to his team that he had to literally contribute to almost every point that makes him the MVP. Yeah, like I think if you follow the letter of the law as far as what MVP is supposed to encompass, it's Rob Church. He was the most valuable player to his team. No question about it. Congrats to all the winners. Uh, BC Junior Lacrosse League Awards are also handed out. Uh, congrats goes out to Ethan Tysurst, Malcolm DeBremner, Coach of the Year. Goaltender goes to Getty. Uh, rookie, I believe, goes to Dawson. Both those guys, Nanaimo Junior Timberman, Ryan Martin, Tell for leading in, oh man, I should know this one. It's slipping my mind. Reed Bowering also winning uh, Defender of the Year. Uh, so congrats. go check out the BC Junior A Lacrosse League for all your award winners there. They do a nice little write-up on each one. It's way better than me, but I just wanted to recognize all of those guys. Emily Goss update. Some good news out of the Emily Goss. I've been talking about this, uh, well, for, for a while now, but Emily has made some progress. Apparently, she squeezed uh, her her father's hand on command three times, which is extremely positive. She actually reacted uh, with an owl coming out of her mouth when she was poked with a needle uh, for some medication. That is a huge step for Emily. They're hosting a big dinner for it. Um, get in touch with me if you want to be a part of it. I think it's 50 bucks. It, it's happening soon. It's a, a bit of a support dinner for the Goss family. As Emily continues uh, her rehab and progress uh, to regaining consciousness. So there's your Emily Goss update. Uh, we mentioned the U19, so we don't have to do that. Some UFA signings, Evan. You want to tip this one off? Well, of course, uh, David Brock signing is there in Toronto. Big one. Um, an interesting one. Jay Thor- of course, Jay Thornburg goes going to Rochester. Um, Brandon Miller. She kind of threw everybody for a bit of a wrench. Um, he has now apparently come out of retirement to sign with Philadelphia only for the league to squash the contract because of uh, improper signing. So yeah, yeah. we'll wait to see how that plays out. Scotty Campbell is going to Halifax, so he's rejoining his old team. Now, this is the genius of Derek Keenan again. He gave up a 2021 second-round pick to get Campbell, He's going to get at least a 2020 second-round pick as compensation for him. Uh, the guy's just a complete wizard. And also, Paul Dawson is headed back to Rochester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Derek Keenan was uh, was out west uh, last week uh, watching his boy with the Berards and had a chance to take in a game with, with Jammer. That was uh, a lot of fun to catch up with him. Uh, so there's your UFA update. They'll just kind of keep trickling in as the days and weeks go by as we lead up towards the draft. And I think we're going to see a lot of movement and trades come draft time. Can't wait. Um, shout out to the Saanich Express, Evan. We we gave out an F to the West Shore team last week. And Saanich went to Provincials, beat West Shore straight up, 11-8 to the final, and Got to the provincial final, but uh, came up short against my Coquitlam Adnax in the B2 final there, Evan. Uh, silver medal for Saanich. Congratulations to everybody associated with the Ex- Express on a on a successful provincials. You got you to love it, and they had to have been fired up. That, that whole mess with the 
default the game obviously came back to haunt the team in the end of the day. Yep, and I think we got a bunch of new listeners uh, for the podcast out of that as well, Evan. So shout out to the Sandwich Express silver medalist at the B2 Provincials. Congratulations, boys. I think that's it, Evan. I think we got it all in. You got anything else? That's about it from my end. All right, let's get out of here then. Don't forget to follow us along on social media. I am at PXP, the number four Sports, PXP for sports. Evan is at Shem Lax. You got to link your Instagram account to your Twitter account, by the way. We'll talk offline. I'll, I'll walk you through that one. At Shem Lax is where you can find Evan. The show is at Lax Class or Lacrosse Classified on the old gram. Or better yet, subscribe to the podcast via the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network. You get it delivered straight to your phone every single week. And you don't even have to think about it. It just does it for you. It's amazing. Try it. A thanks goes out to our sponsors, Pure Vital Labs, Stampede Tech, Western Wear, and, of course, Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support. Make sure you support our sponsors. That's how this podcast continues to go. Episode 40 is done. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody.